in a crude laboratory in the basement of his home. Welcome to the CEO Raider Podcast with your host, John Mayetta. If you like this podcast, leave us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. Check out CEORator.com. Leave an anonymous review about your company or CEO or both. Today, I wanted to talk about activist investors, which if you're not familiar with the term, it's an institutional investor who takes a significant position in a company enough to get a board seat and then usually demands changes in that company, usually in an effort to drive top-line growth, bottom-line profitability. Oftentimes, it's bottom-line profitability. In my experience within uh, the technology vertical, there's sort of a cultural difference between East Coast and West Coast technologies where Silicon Valley, San Francisco, Bay Area-based software companies, as an example, it seems like it's more culturally accepted to run at a loss, to run at a loss post-IPO, so long as top-line growth is healthy. But there comes a time growth may slow, or even public for half a dozen years, and you're still not driving any any bottom line profitability. And with just a modest level of positive EPS, positive post-tax profit, just a, a little bit will drive a substantial valuation appreciation amongst a certain class of institutional investors. So typically when an activist takes a position in a company, they want to drive efficiency. They want to drive operating efficiency. They want to maximize EBITDA margin without really sacrificing top-line growth. This isn't private equity we're talking about, where in many cases it's growth be damned, maximize EBITDA at all costs. So if you're a, a CEO board, what can you do to proactively ward off activist investors? Well, you could talk publicly on your earnings calls about a long-term plan, about an intermediate-term plan in which operating margins expand over time, in which, as a result, EPS will expand over time. And if your top line is growing, by definition, growing operating margins is going to translate into earnings growth that's faster than revenue growth. Investors love that. All classes of investors love that. So that's the single best way to stave off activist investors is to consistently show a very modest amount. It may be half a point. It may be a point per year of operating margin expansion, 100 basis points a year. Because at some point, you're not going to be able to expand margins any longer. At some point, if you continue to grow profit margins, it means you're not investing enough in the business. What do you do when you get to that point? Well, at that point, it makes sense to... Go find an acquisition, something you like, not just an acquisition for acquisition's sake, but hopefully you're running a, a consistent M&A program where you're looking at every opportunity on the landscape. And in that M&A program, you'd be looking at both opportunities within your core business as well as opportunities that are adjacent opportunities, and maybe even opportunities that are just completely outside your vertical, new vertical opportunities. And some of those opportunities may have operating margins that are substantially lower than yours. And some of those opportunities may have some low-hanging fruit in terms of the opportunity to increase the target company's operating margins. So in other words, let's say you're running at an operating margin of 30%, and you're looking at a target that has maybe a 20% operating margin. And let's say it's a a decent-sized company. Maybe it's a third the size of yours, a quarter the size of yours, 15% the size of of your company. And so if you bring it in, it's going to drag margins down. But you believe in looking at the target that, hey, if we run it the way we run our company, we can take its operating margins to 30% or better. So by doing the deal, not only do you get the benefit of the operational benefit, the, the, the products, the customers, the people, so on and so forth. But you get the financial benefit of resetting your margins. So there'll be an initial margin drag when the deal closes. 
and then post close you can then gradually bring those margins up over the time so you can sort of reset the margin expansion story with investors so that's one way to to be able to tell a margin expansion story in perpetuity is to continuously reset your margins with acquisitions now i wouldn't advocate doing a bunch of acquisitions at once if they're constantly going to be a drag so in other words if you're running at 30 you buy something that drags it down to 27 you start to show a little bit of expansion you buy something else that drags it down to 27 and going to 25 you start to show a little bit of expansion. you know what i mean you, you, you can't keep resetting margins down every three or four quarters you've got to show some expansion for a consistent period of time let's call it three four six quarters and it's going to be a function of your investor base so in other words, you gotta, if, if you're going to take margins down, you've got to give something, something back to investors in return. You can't just keep telling them, hey, it's, you know, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. You've got you've to show something. So that's another way to keep activist investors at bay. Now, innovation is important. I mentioned you don't want to grow or expand margins to the point where you're not investing. Particularly within technology, it's important, obviously, to continuously invest in new product development. And I think what you do there is you tell a story on your earnings call over and over again so as activists listen and, and troll around for opportunities and they come across your company and they hear your story they're going to leave your company alone so you may say hey you know we aim to invest x percent of revenue every year in product development a certain amount of that overall product development is dedicated to you know truly new products where we're experimenting on new products and services and because it's an experiment it's sort of like venture capital maybe one in every 10 deals works it's sort of like you know a hit movie or a hit hit song it's lightning in a bottle so there's a certain allocation within that overall product development spend where we know most experiments we try aren't going to be hit products but if we could find one hit in every 10 and maybe another one or two that drive a positive roic then we believe it's worth doing and then in, period, in periods where uh, you believe, you know, let's say, for example, maybe you have a, a, new, a new product that you've created and it's, it's got some traction and you're thinking to yourself, wow, this thing really works. We got to step on the accelerator. As you start having those conversations internally, begin to have them externally with investors on the earnings call. Say, hey, we've seen good signs from a, a new product initiative and we think we're going to maybe hold margins flat for a quarter or two so that we can accelerate investment. Oh, we're going to take margins down for a quarter or two so that we can accelerate investment in this new initiative that's gaining traction. And we believe we can, you know, maximize the opportunity if we accelerate our investment for a temporary period. So in other words, be transparent, frame your discussion on earnings call with investors with, with numbers, have a quantitative discussion. So defined periods of time, defined dates. So when you're talking about investment or acquisitions or whatever, try to frame the discussion with a defined time period and try to frame the discussion with a defined dollar amount and or defined margin contribution. In other words, wrap, wrap numbers around the discussion. The more transparent, the better. The more quantitative, the better. That's all for now. See you next time.